Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. We will be joined by Emil Fergoso in just a couple minutes here, our Sacktown Sports 49ers insider. Then we will be joined by Akash Anavarath and at 1130 from the Bay Area Sports Digest from the 530 on the Folsom Lake Honda text line. All guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop from the 530. Let's go Chiefs. Not Raiders fan? <laughs> That's no, what we can't talked be, about. Right? It can't be. It shouldn't be. Swifty. I, I think even like a, a Swifty, if he were. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 530, are you a Swifty? You wouldn't say, let's go, Chiefs. You would say, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. Like, there's, it, it'd be, you know, like it's like a whole different thing to say, let's go. Right. That, a Chiefs fan, maybe. Like you can or just say, I'm rooting for. Or, yeah. ah, tough matchup I'd between two teams. Win. Exactly. Worse right. than two or whatever. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. There you go. Let's get to Emil Fergoso, who was able to fit us in. He's at the airport right now. And I know some things are are crazy. It's been raining lately, so you may have forgotten your 2024 golf season is right around the corner. And Timber Creek has everything you need to get back into your swing. 27 holes to book your rounds on affordable private lessons as well. A brand new practice facility, including expanded putting green, dedicated chipping area, including sand traps, and fully renovated driving range. Visit TimberCreekGolfClub.com and get going on your 2024 golf Season. I need a new nine iron, by the way. I need a new nine iron. I don't know where it went. I need a lefty nine iron. If somebody's got me a nine iron, Emil Fergoso, do you got a lefty nine iron for me? <laughs> I mean, I'm also a lefty, Allen, so I do have a lefty nine iron for you. Really? I did not know you were a lefty yourself, so that's that's a cool little tidbit there. There you go. There you go. See, we'll get we'll get on the links. We got to get Nate back into golf. He for some reason <laughs> quit, but we're gonna get him back on the horse, Emil. We know you're in the airport, so we won't take too much of your time. I wanted to ask a question before we kind of break it down in this next segment. Mm-hmm. What do you feel about all this stuff coming out for the Niners, whether it's the, oh, well, Kyle Shanahan ticked people off, and, oh, he knew he told me, he told Je- John Lynch that Brock Purdy would be the best quarterback. Th- does it feel like they're victory lapping a little too early, or do you not have a problem with it? I don't have a problem with it to the point of if it's true or not, because at the point of, you know, John Lynch and Jed York saying that Brock Purdy was kind of the guy that Kyle went ahead and said last year at training camp in 2022, that kind of all made sense in terms of what we were seeing on the field. Brock Purdy was still playing very, very well in his limited reps during training camp at that time. But the narrative of, of why is this coming out now is the only thing I, I, I puzzled to, you know, why is this coming out now? And the reason why I, I, I bring that up is, is because, you know, the Niners, we, we forget that the little story broke out a few weeks ago about Tom Brady potentially being the Niners quarterback mm-hmm. uh, before the start of the season. Right. And that kind of got brushed under the rug. And what got replaced with it? Brock Purdy's been the guy all along. So it's really a narrative of he said, she said. It, it's, it's all over the place right now. But the reality is that Brock Purdy is, is the Niners starting quarterback. They traded away Trey Lance. For a fourth round pick, because they, they wanted Brock Purdy to be the guy after training camp this season. Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer on the team because of Brock Purdy. And that's really what it comes down to. And that's really what they have to focus on now is that they have a game to play against the Chiefs this week in the Super Bowl. And if Brock Purdy can, can deliver and win, help win them the Super Bowl, then all of this competition just goes away because it doesn't matter then because now they have Super Bowl number six. And that's really the priority for them is getting through this week and getting through this game. And if they win, all the narratives go away. 
Emil, looking at the uh, Chiefs roster and more importantly, their injury report, something really sticks out, just mainly the fact that the Chiefs have quite a bit of an injury report and the Niners really don't. And I know the Niners are favored by two, but do you feel like, or I think it's two and a half now even, do you feel like the injuries are really being paid attention to enough? Because how often when we do arrive at the Super Bowl is, do people just say, the healthier team tends to win? Yeah, typically the healthier team does tend to win. But even looking at it last um, last week or week prior, I should say, with Chiefs-Ravens, I mean, the Chiefs are more banged than even missing uh, star left guard Joe Tooney and went into Baltimore and still delivered a whooping on him. So right. I think it's really about the, who's hotter right now going into the Super Bowl. And I would give that, that notion to the Chiefs. So, yes, they are banged up going into the Super Bowl, and they're going to have to get around Joe Tooney not being there, uh, Rasheed Rice being banged up, uh, Kadarius Tony potentially playing. Who knows? But th- there is a lot to look at with this Niners team of, like, who is healthy? Are they too healthy? Who knows? But then again, George Kittle's dealing with a toe injury. Ambry Thomas has an ankle injury. Right. A little nicks and bruises there. But for the Niners, this is the healthiest they have been going into a Super Bowl, I think, ever, honestly. Yeah. I mean, this, there really are no excuses. And maybe that's the problem for this Niners team of, of what's next for them is that there are no excuses. You have to get it done this year because if it doesn't happen this year, a lot of heads are, could roll and a lot of eyes are going to look over to Kyle Shanahan. Talking to Emil Fergoso, our Sacktown Sports 49ers insider on the way to Vegas. So, Emil, you're having some issues, too. Your flight got delayed. When do you take it off? Yeah, uh, we're scheduled for 12-12 out of here now. I'm supposed to leave at 11-20. That's why I was not sure I was going to be able to make my 11 o'clock, but now I got pushed back an hour. Weather looks pretty good out here, though. It's sunny. There's no rain. I'm just, I, I heard there's some high winds. And, I mean, I felt the last night with the storm. We, when I left my house this morning, we still didn't have any power. We lost power last night. Uh, it's been a scramble all morning because of that. So praying for anyone who is going through uh, power issues right now, and hopefully that comes back on greater Sacramento area for everyone. Do you think that you can be an underdog if your the the odds for Vegas are in your favor? That's a tricky question. It really right. is, Al, because yes, the odds are are in the Niners' favor, but I would still make them the underdog because they haven't done it yet. They've been trying to get Super Bowl number six for thirty years now. And they're playing Patrick Mahomes, who, you know, a lot of people are going to argue about where he ranks all the time in the quarterback rankings, of course. But, you know, four Super Bowls in six seasons is, is really something to be to, to look at in the history books of, like, who did it better? I mean, he's really starting to rival Tom in that aspect of if he can keep winning Super Bowls, especially if he wins number three now. Mm-hmm. So I would say the Niners are still the underdogs because of who they're going against, the juggernaut of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all this lore of the Chiefs. And here come the big bad Niners trying to ruin everyone's parade, trying to ruin the NFL's plans. And so I would still count them as the underdogs, and I believe that Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers definitely have that chip on their shoulder going into this week. Emil, I know we're going to be hanging out during the week, but I don't think we're going to have you on. Uh, so now would be a great time for me to ask, do you have any, like, Super Bowl traditions or, like, what, what is your typical – I know you're going to be at the game this year, but what's your typical uh, Super Bowl watch party look like? You know, it varies year to year, obviously, because you go going from family to, to being in college, and so that sure, varies right. a certain stuff, obviously. But typically, I like to watch it at home. I like to watch it at home in the comfort of my own house and have a couple people over, have some nice, you know, finger food, some chicken wings, some pizza, some French fries. You know, the typical typical Super Bowl experience. And I really like to watch Super Bowl not just for the games, but also the commercials. I really enjoy the commercials, sure. especially growing up as a little kid. They haven't been the same in recent years, which has been bumming me out, but. I used to really enjoy watching the game, but also the commercials. 
All right, Emil Fergoso, Sacktown Sports 49ers Insider. We will see you eventually at some <laughs> point in Vegas, Emil. Looking forward to a big week, and hopefully the Niners can get it done. Thank you for taking the time. Hope you Hopefully you get in soon, and we'll talk to you. Talk to you guys later. See you in Vegas. Yeah, Emil Fergoso, he's our guy. And, you know, we're going to have a cash on a little bit later to talk about the ins and outs of the field and stuff. But yeah, this, this underdog thing, I do have something that is interesting just as far as the whole underdog thing. Why does everybody want to be an underdog, right? Why doesn't anybody want to be the big dog? Because right. I remember- Well, that's extra pressure. What Travis Kelsey last season said, nobody believed in us, and he got destroyed yes, for that right. during the Super Bowl. But if you're the Niners and you got- If, if Brock Purdy is your guy, yeah. and, and what's funny to me is- to get mad at people disrespecting Brock, but to also still want to be the underdog. Right. I just don't know if you can have it both ways. Right. If you're the underdog, then you then you can't get mad. Okay, fine. Keep underrating. Right. Is your team good or not? Because right. we know the the surrounding talent's great. Yes. But if you're gonna say Brock is is you know to no, I don't think anyone's saying he's to the level of Mahomes. Yes. But if we're saying Brock is just a tier below or in that second high third tier. Mm-hmm then that's not that big of a mismatch, you right, know? So, right. like, it, it can't be and your you team is great and, and you have, you have a better-than-average yeah. quarterback and you're underrated because all of the, we know that the Chiefs are limited offensively, yeah. especially when it comes to their their passing weapons. So, I, again, to your point, like, you, you got to pick one. You can't be both. You, you can't have both. everybody's great. Brock is especially awesome. But at the same time, our team shouldn't win. Right. That doesn't right. that doesn't equal up. No, just pick a side and just stay on it. All right. Gotta get to a break. When we get back, continue the conversation whether or not the Niners are victory lapping too early. Eleven thirty, Akash Anavarathan, and then eleven forty five, getting into some Bulls talk with Alex Caruso and the price tag on Caruso. Mm. You're not gonna want to miss this. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sports. Call or text at 916-339-1140. Thank you to Emil Fergoso for taking the time as he waits for his flight to break down all things Niners. And yeah, he talked about another one, Chris. There's the, the Tom Brady story right. that came out. There's the Kyle Shanahan Tick some people off with the pick story. There is the Kyle Shanahan going to John Lynch saying he's going to be the best quarterback or he has a chance to be the best quarterback as Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo were still getting, were were still on the depth chart higher than him. Mm. And, you know, I guess what they can do is, or what they can say is, even if they don't win the Super Bowl, well, we're still in a good position and we still did it with the last pick in the draft. Sure. But this idea with the whole against all odds, and I know that was more specifically for the lions game because all the highlights were from that game, but it's not as if when I hear against all odds, it just makes me think because somebody said, Oh, well they do have the last pick in the draft against all odds, blah, 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 blah. But when I think against all odds, a lot of times I think it's something that was out of your control. Right? Like something sure. went wrong and you're trying to persevere. 
the against all odds is different for me with the Niners because you chose to go with Brock Purdy. And if it's against all odds, but you got a steal in Brock Purdy, then was it really against all odds? I guess it's just was so improbable, even his path to getting in yeah. in the first place. Like he had to have two other quarterbacks go down and then. I mean, like it was incredibly unlikely. All yeah. of it is incredibly unlikely. Even the the him getting hurt last year and then getting back to health this year and playing all the games this year and leading them back to where he left off and then further. You know, there are some things that are against all odds, but I think the problem is it's tough to use that phrasing when you were – I think they were quite literally the favorites and still are in the Super Bowl – so have went through the entirety of this season as the favorites in every single game. Well, it's almost as if the the, the mantra should be against all odds besides the Vegas besides ones. Besides the Vegas odds, which are the only ones. <laughs> so here's, here's the thing. Are you able to separate Brock's story and the Niners' story? Because Brock's story mm. is against all odds. The Niners' story is not against all odds. It kind of is. How many people go through multiple quarterbacks in one run of a team? Like how many, you know, like, you know, I'm trying to think of another example. Let's say, I don't know, let's say Joe Burrow doesn't work out in, in Cincinnati and then they bring in another quarterback and that quarterback, or I mean, it's, it's so tough to even figure out how how the like exact because there's so much leading into how they got to Brock. I, I don't think so. I think I think you can tie them both. I think both are I wouldn't say equally improbable, but I think both key or both sides, Brock side and the Niner side, both have pretty remarkable stories to get to the point where they're at. To keep hitting your head against the wall year over year over year and to continue to get there and to not give up and to have different variations different coaches of you know heart from harbaugh to to shanahan it's pretty crazy it's pretty crazy it's pretty unlikely but there's so many teams though? that fall off and never reach the pinnacle like i mean the fact that they've been able to sustain sustain this level of success is pretty insane through all the changes that have happened and through the ability to keep some people in house like yeah. all of it is very very improbable for that long of a run without winning anything either to convince people, hey, this is a situation worth staying. Like, it's easy to convince Patriots to stick around. It's probably easy to convince, you know, some guys, hey, you want to play with Patrick Mahomes, right? It's pretty tough to keep convincing people that, hey, Kyle is is going to get us there eventually, especially through the Jimmy stuff, uh -huh. especially – through just how unlikely last year. I just think it's all incredibly unlikely. I wouldn't say against all odds because, you know, again, they are a really good team and, you know, they've, they've put themselves in a really good situation, but it's, it's pretty crazy what they've done. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. Yeah. With like, what, what, what part are you like? Just the, the, you don't think it's that unlike, like you don't think what, what they've done is that, unordinary or you just don't think it's that unlikely because of how they're set up i just like, think they've been a really good team for a really long time but isn't that hard like not everybody is a really good team for a really long time especially not in the nfl no but that's not unlikely or against all odds to me 
I would say the period of time in which they've done it mm-hmm. and they've stayed at the top, with the exception of, you know, those C.J. Mm-hmm. Beathard, you know, right. random when years there. So went down and exactly. things like that. Like, you know, the Packers have gone up and down and up and down in that time. Like, who are the other teams that have had that have stayed at the peak with the Niners throughout that time? I don't think anybody has, really. Right. Maybe the Chiefs. I mean. I guess the Chiefs, but. But even then, that starts that 2016 year. That's not. It's, it's tough. Also, like, when do you want to start this? Because I still incorporate, again, even though there were some thin years in between, like, I think that Harbaugh. Super Bowl is still part of this overall run here that we're talking that that I'm referring to at least. Yeah, I can I can get with that. I but it did not go. It's over almost well. like Spurs esque without the championships. Right, right. It did not go over well on socials when they came out with it, and and I had no problem with it being about the Lions. Yeah, yeah, because that game was because that game. Problem. Yes, but when you start talking about the idea of being an underdog and nobody believed in us. That's just when you lose me. Sure. I guess I'm looking at it more about a, this season thing. You're looking at it more about the entirety of what they've been able to do. No, this season, no excuses. They, 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 they can miss me with that. Y'all again, they all have quite literally been favored every week, rightfully so. Right. And you guys have played like the best team in the NFL all year. So no, yeah, this this year you're completely right. And Emil even said it there, like, even with the injuries as well, so many things have worked in there. Again, think about the route the Chiefs had to take here, some road games against, you know, some really good teams. The, the Bills, the Ravens, arguably the two biggest competitors in the AFC. Niners have to go against the seven-seed Packers and the Lions team, who, though they put up a great fight, had never been in a situation like that. And once they were put in a situation like that, had an epic collapse. Right. And so, you know, yeah, again, you you can you can miss me with this year saying you faced oh, you know, the the toughest odds or the biggest adversity because no, this season you haven't. You really haven't until these past 2 weeks. This has been the most trying times of the Niners really all year. You can say the three-game losing streak, but at least there was a valid excuse of oh, Debo and Trent were banged up and, you know, Brock got a concussion in that Vikings game. There really hasn't been excuses these past two weeks. So right. I, I'm I, I'm with you. This year, I'm not willing to hear any of it. Yeah, the thing about the the thing about the past playoff games are those are situations that you put yourself in. Sure. Right. Sure. I mean, yeah. you just you, you overcame it. You did. Yeah. You did. But you tricked off early. And there's being so much said about Steve Wilkes and they're going to be up for this. They're going to be up for that. <laughs> All right. I mean, you'd hope. I mean, right. I mean, you had to. (laughs) Hey, let's get up for the end for for the for you know what I mean the the NFC Championship. Yeah. Why why do you have to (laughs) get up? Exactly. You know, and you see all the clips of of Fred telling these guys we're gonna bleep and do this and that, and then they just say, "All right." I mean, clearly it hasn't been getting through them, getting to them. I think I read somewhere that's why they want to be the underdog. To your initial question, like we got to create something. Got to create something. Right. I did read that. I did read that Nick Bosa normally does talks on Saturdays, so he's been mm. kind of breaking down. I think Peter King wrote that, that he's been getting ready for whatever it is he's going to say oh. this coming Saturday. Okay. Yeah, so we will we will see, and hopefully interesting. Hopefully, it, uh, it, it touches some chords yeah. because these last two weeks, they've been sleepwalking a little bit to start. Hopefully Chase Young listens. <laughs> exactly. All right, let's get to a break. When we get back, we have Akash Anavarathan covers the Niners for the Bay Area Sports Digest. He will be joining us to get the breakdown on Fieldgate. Then after that, we're getting back into some hoops talk when we talk about Alex Caruso and what 
the Kings may do before the trade deadline. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports. Thank you for joining us on short notice. Know that you're in Vegas now. How you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. Appreciate you for having me on the show. Yeah, as you guys can see, I'm uh, out here at the Luxor in Vegas. There, well, see, you got in. We didn't get in. <laughs> We're at Excalibur. We got the second. The, we got the second one down. So you guys <laughs> must have take, taken care of business early. Let, let's get right to it with this grass gate or field gate <laughs> situation with the with the Niners. So we were trying to confirm why did UNLV put grass on top of the turf? Was that something that the Niners asked them to do to to copy what they deal with back in Santa Clara? Or why did that happen? I guess just taking a step back, right? Mm-hmm. So coming into the Vegas Super Bowl, the AFC and NFC sites alternate. So this year, the AFC is the home team. They get to pick, you know, the practice facility. They get to pick the locker room, what sideline they want, et cetera, et cetera. Obviously, the Chiefs take the brand new started state-of-the-art Raiders practice facility. So they're there. Niners get second pick. They choose the UNLV facility. And to answer your question, UNLV's practice fields have artificial turf. Mm-hmm. And the 49ers and their brass, they're just – they're scared of turf, right? You remember what happened a couple of years ago mm. uh, in New York in 2020 with all those injuries. They just, any chance they can get, they try to avoid playing on artificial surface. Uh, the practice fields in Santa Clara are all, are all natural grass. Mm-hmm. And so the NFL, not UNLV, installed you know, natural grass uh, on top of artificial turf. I'm not sure exactly what the setup looks like, but um, I, I imagine some sort of like tray with natural grass and Um, you know, generally they have like a softness score Mm -hmm. and I think it averages in the seventies is what Adam Schefter reported. Uh, but the field this week, I think is supposed to be in the fifties, the, the practice field. And so it's a lot softer than what the 49ers expect in that, you know, it's just a stickier surface, um, just a higher risk for injuries. And so the 49ers are supposed to have a walkthrough, uh, I think at noon later this afternoon, local time. And so we'll get an idea maybe later tonight, how the guys feel about the playing surface, but I don't think they are doing anything about it as far as I've heard. Mm. Yeah. So in terms of the impact, you're, you're saying you're not sure if like, it sounds like they're still going to practice on that surface. It's just, they, they might like, is there a potential that they're going to full on skip practices or miss practices because of this? Like what could be the potential fallout of, of this being an issue? I think we'll get an idea once the guys actually get out on the field and they get a feel for sure. the surface. Um, and maybe there's some adjustments that are made. The Raiders practice facility, I, I think it's supposed to have like one indoor practice field, and then there's three outdoor practice fields. So maybe there's a scenario where right. the Niners and the Chiefs practice in the same area. I mean, obviously they practice at different times mm. uh, over the rest of the week. So maybe, you know, 
one team gets the outside, the other team gets the inside. So maybe something like that gets worked out. Uh, the team hotels are far away from the practice facilities anyway. So both teams have to hop on the buses and commute down to each of their practice mm-hmm. facilities. So I think we'll get a better idea as the day goes on and the team actually gets out there. But I can imagine the 49ers executives, Kyle Shanahan, they're probably giving the NFL an earful this morning. Yeah. About, you know, day one, Super Bowl week. These guys are just used to a routine. They just want to step on the field, not even think about these things. And the first thing you have to worry about Monday morning is practice. Talking to Akash Anavarathan covers the Niners for the Bay Area Sports Digest. Akash, getting to the X's and O's of all this, it feels like the Niners are much healthier than the Chiefs. And with Amenahue going down and the Niners being able to get through the playoffs with no major injuries, is there anything that's not going in the besides the field, not going in the Niners' favor <laughs> in this Super Bowl? <laughs> the the injuries, like you mentioned, definitely are an impact. Charles Menehu, I think he's had like seven and a half sacks in just a half a season mm-hmm. that he's played with the Chiefs. He's a huge impact player. Had a strip sack fumble in the AFC Championship game. That's gonna be a huge loss for the Chiefs because you put Charles Menehu, Chris Jones, George Karloftis on that defensive line, they can just create pressure in a lot of different ways, especially against this 49ers offensive line. And on the offensive line, they're likely going to be without uh, guard Joe Tooney, all pro, fantastic player. Um, their backup, Nick Nick Allred, he played last week. He, he played well, um, but still when you're missing that caliber, caliber of player, it's going to be tough. And then on the 49ers side, yeah, they had a few injuries, right? Jo- George Kittle battling a toe. Eric Armstead didn't practice last week, you know, still with the foot and knee issues. But I think both those guys are going to be playing this week. Um, no doubt about that. So the 49ers are definitely the healthier team coming into this matchup. Um, and that's the advantage of that one seed, right? You play one less game. You're at home for both those games. You an extra week of rest. It's just so advantageous. I think the biggest thing for the 49ers is just what team shows up this week, right? A lot of emphasis has been made on the effort on the defensive side of the ball. And they just haven't played a complete 60 minutes uh, these last two games, right? They've played halves of good football and that, have, that is just good to advance but that's not going to be good enough this week against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, I think. So they're going to need to play a complete game. And so that I would say is probably the biggest question coming into this, coming into this week is just which team shows up and do they, you know, are they able to execute for a full 60 minutes? Yeah. And just on on that note, how, how much are you putting, how much stock are you putting into previous recent performances uh, when it comes to this game? Because I always hear, you know, people say maybe it's a cliche, but the Super Bowl is different than every other game that you're going to play in your life. Uh, And obviously, you know, looking at the two different paths that these teams took, Niners kind of, you know, had to had to pull up from their bootstraps and, and, you know, have two (laughs) two comebacks to, to get these wins. And the Chiefs have definitely had some tougher matchups, but they, for the most part, haven't really uh, had to have the the sort of heroics the Niners had. Do you feel like past performance is going to play a big factor into this one, or does it all kind of reset? A little bit. I think it, it's ironic because if you had asked me at the end of the regular season, we would have said, you know, the 49ers probably the hottest team coming into the playoffs, right? right? They had won a bunch of games down that stretch, you know, clinched the one seed in week 17. The Chiefs had kind of sputtered coming in, right? Their offense was kind of out of sorts, a defensive-led team. But then they rattle off three playoff wins for fashion, right? They the Dolphins at home, you know, in that in that uh, just terrible weather. Then they went on the road to Buffalo, big win. And then a lot of us thought the Ravens would win at home against the Chiefs, right? Better roster, more healthy, rested, and they just they just came flat, came out flat. So 
definitely a lot more confidence in the Chiefs, just the way they've showed, just the way they've showed out the last, you know, three, four weeks compared to the Niners who have kind of struggled against teams that maybe a lot of us didn't expect them to struggle against, but were just hotter, right? In the Packers and the Lions. So if you were just kind of leaning on past performances, you would say the 49ers are kind of coming into a little shaky and the Chiefs have all the confidence, haven't just rattled off three playoff wins. Mahomes is just, you know, he's been in these spots before, one Super Bowl, played in three, just kind of knows how the week, you know, unfolds, just knows how to kind of win in these big spots. Whereas now you've got Brock Purdy and this 49ers team, which which is largely different than the 2019 team that has been here experiencing their first Super Bowl for, for a lot of these guys. So I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think past performance certainly, you know, plays into it. But at the same time, you also have to realize, you know, you're 60 minutes away from the ultimate goal and all the all that other stuff just goes the wind. You just got to put out 60 minutes of your best football and see if you can come out on top. Akash Anvarathan, who covers the Niners for the Bay Area Sports Digest. Akash, thank you so much for taking the time. We will definitely link up once we are out there. We leave tomorrow night. So let's definitely we'll be in touch. And thank you for hopping on. Appreciate you guys. See you soon. All righty, Akash Anvarathan covers the Niners for the Bay Area Sports Digest. Got to get to a break. When we get back, you'll never believe the asking price for Alex Caruso. Or maybe you will. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Sports. Check us out on YouTube. Search Sacktown Sports and subscribe. The Bulls, surprise, surprise, are asking for the equivalent of two first round picks to consider trading Alex Caruso. By the way, shout out to Akash Anafaratan. Thank you for joining us. Last segment covers the Niners for the Bay Area Sports Digest. We will see him out there in Vegas this week. Chris, the Bulls are asking for the equivalent. What does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> Ask Kevin Garnett. Um, what does that mean? It, it's it's uh, it's like, you know, hey, do you think you can get a first-round pick for Harrison Barnes? Well, then that's a first-round value or equal to. That's like it's literally saying if we believe that in a worst case scenario we can just flip that player for a pick for a first round pick. That's that's pretty much what it's saying. That we will it doesn't have if you don't have two first round picks to offer then if you can give us one and like for example the Kings when they acquired Kevin Herter, they had to ship off in that first round pick that they don't have right now. And so by that logic, Kevin Herter would be worth a first round pick because you could in theory just flip him for the 24th pick in the draft. But that's only if he's deemed to still be worth it. It's it's all subjective. It's all completely up to the team and in, in what they if they feel like that is good enough. I mean, they can maybe kick the tires, but I feel like everybody every GM should have a good enough barometer of what people are worth. Is HB hope. a first round pick equivalent? I would think so. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would think so. Is is Kevin Herter? I would think so, yeah. I would think so. I would think you could probably flip both of those guys is for Davion a late... Mitchell. No, I don't think so. I think Davion's two seconds. Maybe just one. 
Probably two. Because that's what I'm I'm probably trying to figure out days. if would you Kevin Herter and Davion for Alex Caruso. It's close. You you can maybe do like Herter, Davion in like two seconds as well, on top of that. Like that, you could because you could argue that okay, you can then flip you can trade three seconds or those two seconds and Davion again for a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And so it, it all just at the end has to equal at the worst case, we can turn this into first round picks, mm. which is, uh, uh, it's, it's annoying. It's a very, very annoying state of life because it's becomes very open and subjective to beauty being in the eye of the beholder. I'm it's telling like, you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm not giving up two first round picks or the equivalent for Alex Caruso. That's just way too much. It just is. And the Kings aren't in that kind of position where they're an Alex Caruso away from championship contention. No. They're an Alex Caruso and somebody else away. But, again, how do you get that somebody else if you're trading all of that for Alex Caruso? Right. It's a bit much. DeLon Wright also yeah. garnering trade interest from the Celtics, yeah. Kings, and the Timberwolves. Former King, yeah. yeah. DeLon Wright's an interesting one where he doesn't really get a lot of minutes, and so it's kind of tough to figure out what his impact would be. But when he was here in the past, it was just he's, he's a <laughs> – how how can I interest you in another Swiss Army knife? <laughs> is it a real Swiss Army knife this time? It's a small like not that he's small, but yeah. it's just like it's a it's like a pocket knife, Swiss Army knife, pocket Swiss Army knife, if you will. Yeah, Wright is expected to command second round draft pick compensation in trade talks. Yeah, sure. I think he's averaging four two four points, two rebounds, two assists, and a steal right now in like ten minutes. So the assumption is that he'd play more with the Kings? I don't know that. I, I think if I had to guess, he would just kind of be a Chris Duarte slash Keon Ellis, where it's like he can pro- he can play the one or the two. It can really just give you some spot minutes. But that one, you're you're definitely – that's one second-round pick maybe, if if even that. I mean, yeah. you could probably get – you could probably get the Kessler Edwards for, for – for, DeLon Wright, where you're just getting paid to take him on. Are you making anything of that, these random Kessler Edwards minutes? I'm glad I'm getting to see more of him. Mm-hmm. I'm still not really sure. Yeah. He's just there to defend, I guess. Pretty much, yeah. I think uh, – I'm not taking much of it because uh, he got he got a ton of minutes last year down the stretch, and he didn't – I don't think he played a single playoff minute. So wow. I'm not going to read too much from it, but I think they like – it's JTA. I mean, he's a smaller JTA. He JTA took his minutes before, and I think they're really just hoping play some defense out there. Yeah. Don't kill us offensively. If you have an open look, take it. But I would prefer to only notice you on defense and offense. Just just survive. Just stand in yeah. the corner, get out of the way. And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think they're really expecting much there. I don't think they're really even trying to develop him at this point. I think it's just what can he give us for a couple minutes or sometimes not even a full minute. So I think he'll get I think he'll get moved with whatever he could. He definitely could, yeah. Deal gets done before yeah. the trade deadline just as part of hey, he's young. Yeah. It's see something what you, see what you can do with him. Yeah. I mean that's pretty much the, the what the Kings got last year. Again, they just got paid to take him on and they were like Okay, yeah, we'll we'll we can use some young assets. So I guess it's it's not nothing, but uh, I yeah, he'll probably if he is traded, he'll just be a throw in. And I don't know if if these minutes are part of you know trying to show his value or not, but 
uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're very replaceable minutes. It's literally Kessler's playing like the last 30 seconds sometimes of quarters and not much else. So, Nine, without it. 916-339-1140. All guests and callers join us from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda, your one-stop Honda shop. Going to open up the phone lines here as the Kings seem to be in the midst of a run. A good run, but it comes at a time where Monty McNair, the front office, and... You know, the organization has to make some decisions. Yeah. So are you okay with the Kings winning these games if it means that they might not do anything at the deadline, right? Do you think that this version of the team, if it continues to improve, can make some noise? I've been here on these airwaves and same with Chris Watkins saying, this team isn't good enough. Nope. It's just not good enough. Has your thought process changed since they've gone on this run because if they continue to win these games there is a really good sure. chance that nothing gets done why would that why would it right things are going about as well as they ever gone why shake anything up it makes a, a ton of sense i i don't feel differently i still feel like if they want to make uh if they want to guarantee or not even guarantee but give themselves a better shot right now i think it's unlikely that they make it out of the first round, especially if they're not going to creep into that top four seeds. It feels like if you're not going to have home court advantage and you're probably going to play against a Clippers team or a Denver team or a Minnesota team, okay, see, I feel like you have the best shot with. But if you're going against either of those three teams, I just don't like the Kings' chances. And maybe if you bring in another guy, maybe – you could say it gives you more confidence, but uh, even then, it's just it feels like this team is two two moves away from really jumping into uh, a different tier. This is what I'm afraid of: the Kings finish on a great stretch, sure. and I'm never going to say no to W's. That's just that would just be. Stupid. You're saying end the season or end this like this, this little stretch. trip right here, okay. right? So let's say they beat the Cavs sure. tonight. Let's say well they should I they hope. beat the Pistons hope. right <laughs> on Wednesday. It's all closed. Yeah. No more bets. Okay. It's all closed. All right. Now there's no trade deadline. It's over with. Mm-hmm. Now you're going in feeling real good about this stuff. Well, what do you have next, Chris? Yeah. You get the Nuggets at home, Thunder on the road, Suns on the road, Nuggets on the road, Spurs at home, Clippers on the road, oh Heat at home, Nuggets on the road, Timberwolves on the road. Then you have the Bulls. At home, Lakers on the road. Who knows what the Lakers are going to do? Sure. Spurs, Rockets, and you have Bucks. It's that's a, a tough tests. stretch. A lot of tests there. Then after that Lakers game, that's now we're in March at this point. But March 16th, you got the Knicks at home. So right Oof. as the trade deadline yeah. ends, Monty McNair is either going to look like a genius, right, or people are going to want his head on a on a on a yep. on a swivel. Yep. Yeah. You're you're gonna you're gonna get an answer real quick to whether or not Monty McNair made the right moves, regardless of whether it's no moves or yeah. he he completely flipped everything on its head, because uh, those are some really tough tests. I mean, we've been talking about the Denver gauntlet uh, for a while now, but not only that, to have that that Bucks matchup in there, you have uh, a Timberwolves matchup in there. That's that's brutal, and I feel like if you know, I I do think the Kings have had. A little bit lighter of opponents during this stretch. Yes, the Warriors are a team that gives the Kings headaches uh, traditionally, but 
overall in the grand scheme of things, they're not world beaters this year. Nope. Uh, Atlanta isn't really that scary of a team. I, I just don't feel like the Kings have played the best competition, and so I don't feel like you should use this stretch of playing, yeah, Grizzlies team that had, what, five people going. Uh, you know, it just doesn't feel like this should be your gauge for, oh, the Kings went five and one so far beating – uh, the Warriors, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the Pacers, the Bolt. Like, I don't know if that should really be, okay, you've beaten up on bad teams. That's not – that doesn't tell you anything about playoff success. Yeah, they've basically been doing what they yeah. were supposed to do. Yeah. Right? Much, they, they're yeah. doing what they they're are supposed to do. They're taking care of business now. It's which the, they haven't not, been doing. <laughs> you're right? not dropping games to Charlotte and, and exactly. Portland anymore. Exactly. Thank Here you. on the text line, since this most recent run, now the Kings are about – are right about at the level where they were last year, which is still more than likely a first-round playoff exit, barring a really favorable matchup. Prior to this run, they were trending towards play-in, let's face it. So I think 916 is saying, and thank you for the text, 916, that you sh- you should make a move. So I'm actually looking at this stretch, too. This is interesting. What do you think tells you more about this Kings team? The 5-1 and one streak that, they've on, that they're on right now, where they beat the Pacers, the Bulls, Grizzlies, Mavericks, Warriors – or their losses in that stretch where you still have that four-game streak where you lost right before you go on this nice little, you know, what is it? Uh, you've got six of the – Kings have won six of their last seven. But before that, they go on a four-game losing streak of Sixers, Bucks, Suns, Pacers. Like, I, I feel like – you know, yeah. if you're losing to the best teams in the NBA – It's a it's a first-round exit. It's a first-round that, exit. That's exactly. what this is. And, if, and look – like we said, you have to take care of business when you have the ability, but uh, hate to do it to poke holes in it. You get a Warriors team who they're a mess, okay? Yep. And if you yep. want to include the Hawks team, that Hawks team didn't have didn't have Trey Young, yep. okay? That Warriors and team is a complete mess. And everybody and their mess. mom on the trade block. Yes, exactly. The Mavericks that was that was a back to back. If I'm not Kyrie mistaken, didn't play. No Kyrie back to back after Luca's yes, 70. 70. Yep. 70 yep. burger. The Grizzlies, somehow the Grizzlies actually had less people playing last night than they did against the Kings. And the Kings still didn't make it easy. And the Kings still didn't make it easy. They had about seven, eight people to suit up. Yep. All right. You lost to the Heat. The Who Heat, were reeling. They were reeling. And then you beat a Pacers, you beat a Pacers team who Halliburton had limited minutes. Right. I think that's the most legit win out of sure. these. And then you have But doesn't you, come without its without its sure, caveats. Sure. And then you beat a Bulls team who trades everywhere. Yeah. Obviously, Zach Levine has up been thirty. Playing. Though up thirty, Made so yeah. I mean, it's it's reasons to feel good about it. Yep. But at the same time, boy, I still think you can't get caught up in this yeah. in this five and one stretch. You yeah. can't. No, it's the story of the season. It feels like where it's like you can take a lot of positives, but with all the positives, there's still some really glaring negatives that you just you can't you can't ignore them. Yeah, got to get to a break. When we get back, continue the conversation and previewing the Cavs, who have been red hot mm. and waiting for the Kings to make it into town. Styles and Watkins, Sackdown Sports.